You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. John chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 7. And at the third day there was a marriage at Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what I have to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. There were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. For a couple moments this morning, I want to talk to you on the subject, looking beyond the natural. Looking beyond the natural. I wonder if we could lift up our hands one more time. And if we could ask the Lord to begin to outpour the miracles. I believe that even while I'm speaking that God's getting set to let a miracle fall from heaven. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your presence. And we thank you for what we felt, Lord, even this service today. And the confirmation of your word that's already been said by Brother Eugene. God, I feel that there are miracles represented in this place this morning. And God, we take authority and dominion over any hindrance, anything that would be contrary to your word, anything that would try to hinder the moving of the Holy Ghost. We bind it in the name of Jesus, and we take authority and dominion. Have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. Oh, with authority, someone said in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord, and let's give him praise. Amen. You may be seated this morning. When we talk about the natural, something that's existing in or caused by nature, it's not made or caused by humankind. We read in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. It was then when the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It was at this point in history that nature started to exist. There was light, and the light divided from the darkness, and that we have day and night. From that water and dry land, which we call earth, grass would begin to form with trees and fruit. And God had great intention to make something beautiful, something that was with void and something that was empty all of a sudden became beautiful and prosperous. The natural existence of creation unfolded. The creation of male and female, Adam and Eve. Life was granted to them. And every day we see natural things that were created by God. And we get to enjoy it from time to time. Uh, we have very, uh, very much of natural resources that we use. Things like uh, oil and natural gas and metals, stone, sand, air, sunlight, soil. And maybe the most important natural resource that you'll ever use, and it's water. Just think of how many resources of creation that you take part of or are associated with on a regular basis, all that God created. 
all of our health. Or maybe for the use uh, that you use on a daily basis with uh, planting, gas in your vehicle, food on your table, a roof over your head. Are you thankful today? A pillow under your head. These are things all that are taken for granted until you see the big picture that it was God. Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding at Cana in Galilee. There would have seemed to be no wine. In Jewish society, wine was closely associated with prosperity or celebration or joy. And certainly a wedding was such a huge occasion. Running out of wine was actually an embarrassing social blunder that did not go over very well at a marriage being celebrated. This would almost be as bad as uh, in our day if you don't have cake. You cannot have cake and have a celebration. In fact, you need ice cream cake. Come on now, I'm, I feel like preaching right now. I find it interesting that Mary looks over at Jesus and immediately he says, you know when they run out, that's it. There's no more. And Jesus says, what do I have to do with that? But proceeds telling his disciples to fill uh, six stone jars with water, which could hold 20 to 30 gallons, and take it to the master of the banquet. And when the master of the banquet tried the natural water, it seemed to taste a little different than he expected. That water had changed into wine. He had no idea where it came from, but the servants knew. Ain't that interesting? Now, I might have to get a little personal here, but has anybody ever ordered? Oh, I'm sorry if there's people from Tim Hortons here or watching that you may work at Tim Hortons. Lord, forgive me for I'm about to sin. I may drink a little bit too much Tim Hortons, but that's okay. That's not the worst. Um, but have you ever gone to Tim Hortons and you've ordered a coffee? Yes, I'll take a two cream and one sugar, please. Yeah, no problem. Have a great day. And you begin to look at the cup and it doesn't have anything written on it. Something doesn't seem right, but I mean, it's got to be a coffee, right? That's what you ordered. And so you begin to, t to take a drink of that coffee, and that is not a coffee. That is tea. Yeah, that's a personal story. I like tea too, but it wasn't a coffee. This example is something to note, not mine, but Scripture, that Jesus takes a natural resource, if I may add that he created, which was water, and the result of it becoming wine was something supernatural. Something was manifested in the Spirit that made the supernatural occur from the natural. And sometimes all we have to do is we got to look beyond the natural for God to perform the supernatural. Your jars of water, they may be empty right now, but I dare you to look at them already full. I dare you to look at them as God begins to pour your miracle into a cup. I believe the supernatural is falling right now, and somebody's cup is being filled. In Jesus' name, God is getting ready to give you something to celebrate. God is getting ready to give you something to rejoice in. There's a miracle in the making. There's a miracle in the making. There was a notable sign. His disciples followed him, and the glory of the Lord was revealed. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. 
They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That is a promise this morning for somebody in this house. As we begin to pray in our altars and somebody lays hands on you, I'm just going to believe that a miracle or a healing is going to take place. The Bible says when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And that exact promise that was given to his followers, Jesus gave that to his disciples. And they would be protected while taking the gospel throughout the world. It talks about a covering that you can have in the power of God. Attacks from the enemy perhaps that cannot defeat those who trust in Jesus. Book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There is also a promise here that is declared. There is an assurance from Jesus that no enemy can hurt you, that nothing can come against you because you are a believer and you are a follower of Christ. You can leave the enemy in the foot tracks and you can go forward and you can retrieve and you can receive the miracle that God has placed right in front of you. No enemy can hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. In the New Testament, you will never find recording of someone accidentally drinking poison. But you will find many accounts of healing in the early church and an incident of a poisonous snake that had no effect on Paul. Book of Acts 28, verse 3 to 6. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there was a viper out of the heat and fastened on his head, on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to, lie, to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Verse 6, Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while. See, that's the thing about a miracle. When it happens, you begin, you start looking for it. God, how did it happen? Where did that person come from? How did this mark leave my... See, you can't figure it out because it's supernatural. And when you begin to look at the physical, as soon as you get yourself into the supernatural that's when it starts to eliminate and that's when you can walk in victory so i want to tell you shake off the serpent shake off the serpent i've come today i feel anointed i feel full of the holy ghost to tell you shake off the serpent and do not believe in the lies of the enemy because you can be healed and you will be healed I said you can be healed. There's a difference there. I'm telling you prophetically that you will be healed. These islanders expected Paul to die. And naturally, maybe he should have. But something supernatural changed the very atmosphere. Paul looked beyond the natural. He shook his way to a miracle. And there's only one explanation that makes sense to me, and that is this. That snake may have been poisonous, but Paul was miraculously unharmed. And this shows us the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Can I tell you today that provision can still be a miracle? 
Protection can still be a miracle. Healing in your body can still be a miracle. Come on, shake off the serpent. What's hindering you? Come on, let your faith out. Jesus wants to make you whole. As I said, I felt so strongly in prayer that there were so many needs in our church. So many needs that we've been lifting up to God in prayer. But I have felt this morning that God wants to do some miracles. And I'm coming after the enemy today. Because if he has a hold on you, it's already bound in the name of Jesus. Because I come to this pulpit, anoint it. I come liberate it. I've come and I've fasted and prayed for this. I believe God's going to move in this service today. Will you believe that today? Ah, In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. I still believe in all nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. We understand that all nine gifts distribute from one Spirit, as Scripture says. And the only way that we can operate those gifts is through the Lord. And whether you know it or not, every person has a gift. Everybody has a gift today. The church has been given spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. And I'd like to focus on three gifts today that I feel that the Lord has placed in my heart. And I believe that God's going to help us with it today. Number one, we need the gift of faith. Faith means confidence, trust, acceptance, without tangible proof, reliance, and commitment. Every child of God possesses saving faith and lives daily by faith according to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. In addition, every Christian should manifest faith or faithfulness as the fruit of the Spirit. The gift of faith is the supernatural ability to trust God or to inspire trust in God for a particular need of circumstance. Usually when a person becomes overwhelmed, going through a hard time, I'm talking to somebody right now, or crisis, God will grant that person special faith to overcome in spite of the circumstance. It may be a situation where there is apparently no escape, but God gives faith to move the mountain out of the way. When Paul was shipwrecked in Acts 27, the sailors, they lost all hope of life, but an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and assured him that God would deliver him and his fellow travelers. Acts 27, verse 25, Paul confidently said to them, to take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Although we see no human response of hope, God gave Paul the ability to believe for protection and deliverance in the impossible situation, not only for himself, but also the unbelievers. That's a powerful experience right there. Number two, we need the working of miracles. A miracle is an event that appears unexplainable by the law of nature and so is held by a supernatural or origin or an act of God. It's an extraordinary, unusual occurrence that suspends or transcends the law. And there is an intervention that takes place and it involves God's intervention. We know the Bible says that all things are possible with God. And we know... We know that a miracle is a standard procedure for him. It's something that he does. It's something that he is. The working of miracles, this is it, is the supernatural intervention of God that transcends the law of nature in a situation and operates through or with a human vessel. That sounds something like maybe we could be part of that today. 
if you would be an open vessel and if you would be willing to help those receive a miracle, I'm telling you right now, every person can walk out these doors completely healed. I thought I would have at least five there. I believe that God's going to, he's going to touch somebody. It's going to be more than five people. In Jesus' name. I'm going to preach it anyhow. The New Testament church experienced the working of miracles in numerous occasions. The Spirit transported Philip from the desert of Gaza to Asotis in Acts 8. An angel miraculously delivered Peter from prison as the church prayed for him in Acts chapter 12. And the list goes on and on and on. And guess what? There's many here today that has a representation of that. And you're going to have a testimony when you leave this morning. Number three, we need the gift of healing. In addition to faith and the working of miracles, this gift of power is including in the gift of healing. To heal means to restore to health or soundness, cure to set apart, repair, to restore a person to wholeness. Healing can refer to physical, mental, spiritual restoration. At the conversion experience, all Christians receive spiritual healing, including forgiveness of sins. Reconciliation with God, which we heard from Brother Donnie Wednesday night. And new spiritual life. As they grow in grace, they begin to develop positive, emotional, spiritual attributes such as love, joy, peace, self-control. That's just to name a few, but that is the fruit of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, it speaks of specific incidents of healing that are given to certain individuals, but not to everyone. The reference is to healing of physical and mental conditions. You see, this is beyond the spiritual. This is emotional restoration that all Christians can and should receive of their new life in Christ. We see the examples of healing in the Gospels and Acts. The gifts of healing are in various forms of supernatural cure, restoration from illness, diseases, injuries, and other impairments. There are numerous accounts from the New Testament, including the lame man at the temple, multitudes in Jerusalem, many paralyzed and lame people in Samaria, uh, Paul of Tarsus who was healed of blindness. Here's what I want us to be reminded of today. What Jesus did back then, he will do for the church today. I speak that in Jesus' name. What he did 2,000 years ago, we are still a book of Acts church. We still believe in the supernatural. We still believe in the gifts of spirit. And they are at work right now. In Jesus' name, we begin to exercise the gift of faith. And God will allow the natural to become the supernatural. And in the spiritual realm, you can receive your miracle. And you can receive your healing. Jesus just finished, talk, finished talking to the Samaritan woman. And rejoins with his disciples. And after two days, he left for Galilee, and when he arrived, he visited Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son was laying sick at Capernaum. And when he found out that Jesus arrived, he, be, he begged to come and heal his son who was so close to death. And Jesus told him something. He said, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. John 4, verse 49 to 54. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, or my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. 
And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. Then they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. The whole house got to see that miracle. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he came out of Judea into Galilee. Soon as Jesus spoke the word, time paused. And what was sick, a boy that should have been dead, was supernaturally healed by the spoken words of God. And the faith and belief expressed by the Father was the exact combination of what we need in our service this morning to experience the supernatural manifestation of God. The miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus performed were meant to validate His claims. He didn't do it to draw attention to Himself. He didn't do it for personal gain. He didn't do it for popularity. This was who He was. This, is, was, this was who He is, a miracle worker. The Galileans were more interested in sensationalism than they were in having a relationship with God. Jesus' miracles were intended to inspire faith in people not simply please them. And God has showed up in our service this morning with an agenda and a great purpose. There are people who came to this service not expecting to get something from God. You thought this would just be another service of no blessing or no answer. But faith has entered into this place and it changed the very atmosphere. And the Lord is wanting to release the working of miracles and the gift of healing. Because I already feel the gift of faith right now. Jesus looked at his disciples in uh, 1022. He said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In the natural, it may look like an impossible thing to overcome. But hear me today, somebody. In the supernatural, all things are possible. We need to start looking beyond the natural. And we need to start following the supernatural. Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I ask you now, Mission Point, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for your Creator? Is there anything too hard for the giver of life? I challenge you this morning in the Holy Ghost to look beyond the natural and see what God will do. Because there's so much more in store for you. Your life's not over. Your life is just beginning. God's got you in his hands, somebody, today. Don't look at it from a natural perspective, but look at it from God's supernatural perspective. See, your miracle is on the way, but you don't see it. Your healing is taking place, but you don't see it. Your life is about to change and never be the same again, but you don't see that. There are notable miracles. There is. But do you believe it today? Will you have faith? Will you trust in God? Will you see beyond the natural? I'm going to ask the music to come back. And we could stand all across this place today. The children of Israel saw many miracles on the wilderness journeys to the promised land, which concluded some of the greatest miracles ever recorded. It confirmed to them that they were the ones who were following the one true God. 
the sun stood still for Joshua, the parting of the Red Sea in Exodus 14, the movement of the sun's shadow moving backward 10 steps, the resurrection of Christ in Matthew 28, the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark 6, or maybe the greatest miracle in the Bible is Genesis 1 with what we started with this morning, the creation of the world. The scope and historical significance of the miracles are truly incredible. But what it points us to is the biblical writers as proof of God's power and God's goodness. Any miracle by definition, hear me this morning, is great and probably impossible to identify the greatest of miracles because there are so many. I will name some of them of the category. I will not name every miracle in the Bible because we would be here and then Donnie wouldn't have anything to preach tonight. Number one, miracles over nature. Number two, miracles of healing. Number three, miracles over demonic forces. Number four, miracles of provision. And number five, miracles of resurrection. One miracle I want to highlight that must be included this morning. It could be listed as one of the greatest miracles. It's a miracle that happens every day as God takes an undeserving sinner, forgives his sin, grants him life, lavishes him with grace, adopts him as a child, and seals him for eternity. All because of his death and resurrection of Christ. Thank God for the miracle of salvation. Thank God for the miracle of repentance. Thank God for the miracle of baptism. Amen. If you're not baptized this morning, I think the water's ready. We would love to baptize you in Jesus' name. Whether you know it or not, you were a miracle all along. Yet God continues to perform healings in your life of provisions, of blessings. Hear me when I say there are miracles here. There are miracles in the making. And there are miracles to come. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.